0: All right, we're live. Uh, this is Colin Kelly, director for s- this episode of Seminar,
1: and with me is the Evil Canard. Actually, I'm Frank Arbuck III. I wrote the episode you're going to hear. Well, I wrote the story, No Place Like Home. Anyway, <laughs> the important part of the story, episode, right? The fruit. Where do we be without the shorts? <laughs> uh,
0: so you directed this episode, am I correct? Yeah, I was originally supposed to be assistant direct, well co-directing with Jeffrey, and then next thing I knew, Jeffrey's
1: like, "Ah, oh, you can do it by yourself, right?" Mm. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, how was the experience for you? I I not believe it was kind of like being pushed off the deep end in a pool, I want to
0: say, and being told to swim. <laughs> Yeah, I know that feeling. (laughs) I have to say, the worst thing, and I'm going to bring this up, is finding music for Westerns. I don't know where um, people get this stuff, because when I was hunting, I couldn't find any good Western music that was royalty-free, so...
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm unfamiliar. I I wrote another Western... For seminar called The Good Samaritan. You should know it. You played Billy the what Kid in it. Yep. I played William. <laughs> and, uh... I don't know where Marcus got them. those pieces. Actually, he did that himself, as I recall. He really? the music. At least that's what he claims in the commentary, so... Yeah, I should've... Mm.
0: Nah, I ended up, uh, searching high and low through Kevin MacLeod's collection for some musicky pieces.
1: Uh-huh. I hope this is not uh-huh. But... I you did a pretty good job, a well, decent job from what I heard. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, and here we go with my story.
0: <laughs> and I found it weird, but this music piece you're hearing here is called The Parting, which is kind of interesting because we're starting off with The Parting. <laughs> music fits so (laughs) Uh, right now we're listening to uh, Jason R. Wallace as Jack Harris and uh, Will Helton as Robert Siegel and I believe this is Will's first role I don't know (laughs) Uh,
1: I wish I knew more about my actors but
0: well
1: the actor playing Jack he did a good job he reminds me of some of those classic heroes you see in the old old westerns with John Wayne and all them (laughs) Uh, I actually just uh, finished the casting call for Seminar 46,
0: and I found myself casting Jason again, so... <laughs> <laughs> he did a en- good enough job that I've recast him, so yay.
1: you're <laughs> <laughs> uh, the barn. That's a fun place to sleep. Well, I wouldn't know, so... <laughs> But uh, believe it or not this this story I wrote it's got an interesting story in itself. I promise I'll visit. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Simon says. Anyway, uh, uh so far the only seminar short I had written was the good Samaritan and Marcus liked it and one day on Facebook he sent me a message asking me to write another western. He wanted to do another one. And I had been, you know, down on my luck writing-wise, because every time I tried to come up with something, it looked like I had copied it when I actually didn't. So I thought, okay, Marcus, I'll give it another shot. But the hardest part with trying to make a Western is trying to come up with something original, because so much has been done with Westerns already.
0: Right, Gunsmoke has, like, what, 12
1: seasons? Something like that. I know Gunsmoke's the reason Gilligan got canceled, so... But anyway, uh, I was trying real hard, but every story I came up with, I really didn't like. And uh, one day, I sat down with my dad. It was my day off from work. And we were watching a mini John Wayne marathon on AMC. And we watched Rio Bravo and then El Dorado. And I noticed something. That John Wayne had used the same premise for both those movies. So I didn't want to rip off the storyline, but I used part of the same inspiration, the drunk sheriff story. So, after that, I just had to hit my head against the wall for days on end to think of a good story to go with it. Calm down. I'm looking for sure. Oh, sorry.
0: Well, I should probably mention the actors right now, but that was Pete Mylon as, uh, I want to call him Western Asa. Uh, and then we had, of course, Jack Harris in no, we the present day, home, and... We're hearing Joel Nesbitt as Steve Downing, and Megan Presley as Bigfoot, and I'm pretty sure that Bigfoot and Steve have some sort of hidden story behind
1: them, too. At least by the way that she keeps telling him to shut up. Uh, there is a story behind that. Bigfoot's based off my mom, and Steve Downing is based off of a friend of my dad's, a, a musician who has been pampered all his life. And so every time he'd visit, he'd basically be like a whiny spoiled kid, and my mom would just be real tempted just to say, "Shut the hell up." So that's the in- that's the inspiration behind Downing and, my- and Bigfoot.
0: <laughs> uh, and then we have our snoring sheriff, uh, Lynn Cullen, as Lucy Siegel. Mm-hmm.
1: So well, she got the accent down perfect. <laughs> Trust me, I'm a Texan. I've heard them all. Well,
0: I've got to say, I've got about five minutes of Lynn just sitting there
1: snoring at me, so... Five minutes? Gotta <laughs> give her props for her wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You know, ironically, when I finished writing the story and submitted it, mm-hmm. the, literally the day after I turned it in to get it edited was the day after I'd turned it in, Marcus quit being the director of Seminar. Yeah, irony. Yeah, so I mean, I wrote it for Marcus, and he up and quit after I'd got it turned in for him. Yeah, Marcus shakes
0: fist at him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you did a good job. I liked how you did it, so... Thumbs oh, up to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, one thing i got to point out. Uh, the beginning there is the dedication uh, you notice how the name's similar to mine that's for my dad he he was a big western buff he helped me edit this thing before I turned it in especially with the story and unfortunately he passed away rather suddenly on Thanksgiving day so this is dedicated to him
0: yeah no no pr- no uh, fair with the putting pressure on me I swear I've remixed this thing four times oh. or so trying to make it perfect. Oh, sorry. So, oh, you're fine. <laughs> but It's like, oh. Okay, in memory of someone. Start working better. And then we have Logan Nance over here as Jones. Okay, and not- the music right here is something called uh, Pale Rider, and
1: that's actually a harp. Mm. So... Well, what was the, the actor's name again playing Jones? Um, Logan Nance, I want to say? Yep, Logan Nance. Okay, he's got a good um, voice because I could have sworn that was Owen Wilson. <laughs> huh. I didn't think of that. You That's a boy, good...
0: Now, you see that puddle of horse shit over there? Because
1: every time he talks I keep picturing a dusty blonde guy wearing cowboy suit and well, those sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that won't yeah, those sound effects there were kinda gross. <laughs>
0: I, I've actually had the misfortune of, oh, opportunity, whatever you want to call it, of being on a cattle run. So, I kind of know what maneuver's like.
1: Oh, uh, unfortunately, I do too. My former Uncle George runs horse rides near Garner State Park, and I help him out every so often. And unfortunately, I kind of know the sound manure makes too when you step on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not a very pretty picture, not a pretty smell either.
0: No, no, it isn't. They got audio doesn't have smells.
1: Otherwise, everyone would be screwed.
0: It well, it'd be interesting. It'd be fun to direct something where you have to control what it smells like.
1: So <laughs> oh. you the new sheriff. Not officially, but no one really cares either. Because you've been in a That's one of my favorite lines right there. Oh, yeah. That that was actually the audition line I think
0: <laughs> I chose. This is also my first casting call, so I'm like, okay, well, lots of spunk there. We'll go with that for Lucy, and well, obviously Lynn completely nailed it, <laughs> uh, nailed it,
1: and conquered it. <laughs> <laughs> Who? <laughs> And. Uh, the
0: music in the background here is actually another uh, attempt to find a western piece called Martian Cowboy.
1: Martian Cowboy? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about an oxymoron. Well, it's really dusty up on Mars, I hear. Good <laughs> point. Aren't you glad I didn't try to make this sound like Trigun or anything? <laughs> huh? I actually, just watch Trigun.
0: <laughs>
1: okay, now that part right there was based on a true story. My grandfather owned a gun that could knock anyone down a peg, and that's what that part was based off of. Wow. Unfortunately, well, it's my great grandfather, but unfortunately, in his later years, he used it on himself and he was going crazy so ouch yeah, yeah, everyone's got their dark stories that they like to keep in the closet, and that's and hopefully that's the only one with my mom's side. I come from a long line of rednecks, so of course it would explain why every time I go to a family reunion I hear dueling banjos. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and that's some idiot director right there who's getting his leg shot out. <laughs> and uh Tiffany Lori as the Jones's
1: right hand woman, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, the first draft of this, actually Lucy wasn't the drunk. I had it as a classic story. It was the sheriff. Because in the original story, Lucy did get killed. And, you know, Jack has to help Robert back on his feet. But Jeff thought there weren't enough strong female leads. So per his suggestion, I switched it around and had Lucy be the heroine of the story instead of Robert. Right,
0: and that kind of makes it a... More different, and give it a more unique spin on it, though, so...
1: more fresher pace. Oh, yeah, that too. Okay, but the way part one ended, though, the way I originally had it was the bartender is supposed to shout the, you know, Look out, Lucy, and then it's supposed to end with a shotgun blast. But then you
0: jump to here and it's not mentioned, so...
1: Yeah. But, you know... Bernadette always likes everyone to put cliffhangers every now and then, so I was trying to please her. (laughs) I thought it was coffee, Lucy. Uh,
0: He. I'm sorry, Logan, but every time I heard that line, I'm like, yeah, it's like the guy who's three feet tall telling you he's gonna beat the crap
1: out of you. Oh yeah, well, (laughs) Jones was based on a kid I knew and elementary and high school, Yesterday, in fact, both in elementary and high school, he was four feet tall, and he was always acting like he was the one who could kick your butt. But in reality, he could only break your shins. What is it? the, rest of the, Jones gang, the uh, there. And that line there is something my family used ever since I can remember. <laughs> Bigfoot, get the guns. I think this shit is about to get deep. <coughs> Can't say it didn't warn you. Bigfoot
0: standing obvious there (laughs) ah Joel Joel. I remember Joel's audition kind of won because they made him a funny character more or
1: less well if you ever meet the guy that Downing is based off of he (laughs) really is sort of comedic I mean not on purpose just that's how he is you just can't help but laugh at him sometimes and feel sorry for him the other time so the oh, place don't tell me that Run for it. what about bye
0: sheriff's office oh well, luckily it was in the middle of nowhere a little bit away from the town right yeah right <laughs> yep yeah,
1: right and I think in the original version I had one of them saying not hardly and I remembered that was a line from a John Wayne movie so I went and changed it I'm alive so is Downing good advice <laughs> very good advice never wound what you can't kill if we want to stop this snake we've got to cut off its skin yeah, Go be- I got stumped several times writing this, so I had to sit down and watch several of my dad's John Wayne movies over and over again. And believe it or not, I am not really a big fan of westerns; they're not my forte. Yet <laughs> the bold stories I've get, I've submitted to I'm seminar are westerns. Those <laughs> those those <laughs>
0: Well, Arthur Kern Doyle apparently hated West mystery stories,
1: and, and yet he's known for Sherlock Holmes. Yep. So, Four of us
0: against who knows how many. <laughs> the game is afoot. They tried to
1: kill me too, remember?
0: And that is Lucy. Lynn is playing that outlaw. Why are we still doing our duty? We should be celebrating.
1: Okay, believe it or not, this scene was an inspiration to me I got from watching a friend playing a video game.
0: Hmm. What well, video game?
1: Yeah, uh, he had a... It was before he got an Xbox 360 60, and he was playing the regular Xbox in a game called Gun. It's a western game, but very violent. I don't recommend it. But he hmm. was surrounded and getting shot at so what he did was he shot the chandelier all of a sudden all the Game cowboys are on fire, screaming for someone to piss on them. Oh, but seems but thought, to work. But I thought in real life that could probably work. So. Steve,
0: <laughs> well, I'm imagining you know it's one of those huge chandeliers that'll take up like half the room.
1: It yeah, will, you know, the way I envision the hotel, it's one of those grand, grand frontier hotels with mm-hmm. a big, big wagon wheel chandelier. So yeah.
0: And that is Paul Brueggemann as James Albert. He plays a good villain. Oh, it, it, it's pretty funny because you hear him as this and you go to like Star Wars and hear him as uh, Luke Skywalker. And he pulls an excellent Mark Hamill, so great uh, range in acting there. He
1: played he played Luke Skywalker in Blue Harvest?
0: Yep. Whoa. He's pulling an actual Mark
1: Hamill. Mark Hamill's like, famous for his villain roles, too. <laughs> Of course, yeah, and we all know which villain role Mark Hamill is known for. Well, maybe we should warn uh, Eleanor
0: Bell to watch his uh, recasting (laughs)
1: notices. Yeah, I was scared to write that line there because I was scared I'd piss someone off, but I thought, hell, it's my story, I'm tired of editing it, I'll just leave it. <laughs> That's, I need to ask you about that. One thing I thought was interesting
0: was Downing's the one who just fired that shot.
1: I always found it ironic in stories where it looks like the villain's about to win, yet it's the, most, yet it's the other villain that ends up being the hero. Hmm. You know, someone unlikely, someone you'd never ex- expect. Because I always got a kick out of stuff like that, and I I try to write other stories for practice, and I always like to throw a little curveball where it's the one person you least suspect. I always get a kick out of that, make the audience think it's this one person, they're sure of it, and at the last minute when the truth comes out, they're thinking, what the hell? Well, it's a nice heel face turn, though. I guess I can stay until you're better. <laughs> I thought you
0: might. Uh, this uh, piece right here is called Pennsylvania Rose. It's the <laughs> other re- actually Western piece I actually had. i now. So, I suppose this is where you drag me back to Texas.
1: Well, you have helped, Downing. And we couldn't have done it without you. What
0: are you thinking? I, I want to say there's probably potential for a sequel here, but just about Downing and Bigfoot here.
1: Uh, I didn't think about that. I just wanted to show that Jack had a sense of humor and a heart, so.
0: Oh.
1: And of course, right here, I wanted to show Jack had a very sick sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go have a drink.
0: <laughs>
1: You're not gonna leave me here at the bumblebee, are you? I'll see you later, Lucy. Yeah. Jack? Oh, I liked it better when you were in Texas, you know that?
0: I really hope the echo is working for the instructor. Because, well, it's kind of sketchy to understand what's being understood over an echo, so.
1: Well, sounds all right to me. Of course, now we're back to Baron Vunderbar here. What's <laughs> happening? That's what the uh, accent reminds me of. It reminds me of Baron Vunderbar from Justice League Unlimited. Well, that's H. Keith Lyons there as
0: uh, Klaus. So. As as mm.
1: do it now. Well, if they ever do another crossover on Apocalypse, you know who to get to play that character.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: hey, true. Well, I think he plays... uh. Uh, Please, I think the, the bill, main villain Count Vertigo over a green arrow, so. Oh. I think it's a similar accent.
1: <laughs> I had
0: to admit, I actually don't know what that noise is. I just modified the existing uh, seminar bell noise that we had. It uh, changed the pitch on um, the pacing and reversed it. So it sounds different than what it normally is, but I have no clue where Jeffrey got that sound effect. <laughs>
1: well, you got to work with what you got.
0: <laughs> Pretty
1: much.
0: And here we are of uh, the amazing Bruce Busby who... Uh,
1: ...the voice talents of he, is the instructor. M. Zero Garcia... I,
0: I don't know how he does this sometimes. Like, he, I I really don't envy his job because he has to sit there and pronounce everyone's name properly, so. He
1: he reminds me of one of those old school radio announcers, like back in the 40s when they used to do the radio shows. Hmm. He reminds me of one of those guys. So-and-so is presented to you by Blue (laughs) Cole. Maybe in another life that's what he was. By huh. Frank Makes sense. Alright, well, it's been a pleasure having you, Mr. Harbuck. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and congratulations on your first solo track as a director. Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll see how long this uh, lasts. Yeah.
1: Well, oh, don't worry. You'll most likely have a nervous breakdown and yank all your hair out and be in a straight jacket in no time. Thanks. That's comforting. <laughs> for more information, visit well that's the end of it so the- good good afternoon good evening and good night bye, bye